please tell me that name was at least like in this book and that you didn't just like have that memorized from childhood. Um. Oh my god. Oh my god, I'm so upset. Welcome to episode two of Anamorphous Discussion, a podcast where we talk about anamorphs, even though none of us knows much about it, except me, but I don't remember anything. <laughs> <laughs> that intro kind of got away from you. <laughs> yeah, it did a little bit, didn't it? I'm, I'm Robin, and I'm joined by Katie Treggs. Hi. And Jessica. Hello. <laughs> How are you two doing? Good. <laughs> what you think of that great intro I did? Pretty good, right? You nailed yeah, it. Succinct no is a word that I would use. Definitely. <laughs> would you succinct use it about my intro word. or just use it like, uh, just in general, you would use that word? Yeah, I mean, word. So, so anamorphs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I think we should start with, with what you two remember about the first book, which we covered last week. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Katie, why don't you go first? Because I have a lot of fun when you go first. <laughs> what, a, what does that mean? I always do a great job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I feel like Jessica will remember more, and if I let her go first, it feels like cheating. That is 100% <laughs> true. Jessica actually knows the names of things. All right. So there were <laughs> blue alien men, and they came down. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> and a bunch of uh of uh teens of various personality traits and yes. and other traits i guess probably <laughs> um met the yep. alien in a very dangerous construction site and mm-hmm. the alien was like oh no i'm dying and then he gave them a box and then they got the ability to turn into animals and then there were other Gross, bad aliens that did gross things with ears. Yeah, and yes. um, they were called the Yurks. Is it Yurks? Yes, yeah. <laughs> and the Yurks um control people, and those people are called controllers, which is a bad name for that. Correct. And <laughs> um, Tobias is a hawk now. I'm sorry. I know I skipped a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you got the, the, the bones of the story. I, I feel like you really got it. At one point, yeah. Jake was a dog, and that was funny. Yes. Good. Well done. Jessica, do you want to fill in any gaps? I mean, I feel like that's the important bits, right? Like the Anda, Andalites, uh-huh. Andalites. Uh, gave yeah. the kids powers, and now they're Animorphs. And the Yerks are there. And also one of the kids' brothers was a controller. Yep. Um, and also... Remember? Huh? Sorry, do you remember whose brother? Well, I don't remember any of their names except for Jake. Cassie and Tobias. It was Jake. Fair enough. Yes, Jake's brother. Woo! Yeah. Uh, and nice. then also there's the place, the, like, Big Brothers, Big Sisters type place. Mm-hmm. And I don't the remember sharing. the name of that. The Sharing. God, what a creepy fucking name. <laughs> What? No. Uh, That's the only place I want to go after school. The sharing. Yeah, all my friends are at the sharing. 
go I for good, it. wholesome fun. <laughs> God, I love the sharing. Anyway. <laughs> Who doesn't? Am I right? <laughs> um, yeah. And then that's pretty much it. Do either of you remember there being a sort of particular bad guy that yeah, like, uh, might become a recurring antagonist? Nope. Wait. What? Oh, well, there were, like, a group of aliens that were the bad guys. Is that not it? Mm-hmm. I they... mean... Go ahead. Oh. Uh, you know, there were... there. Were, I remember there was the cop, there was the brother. Was there, like, a politician or something? Or, like, someone in the sharing? Oh, the vice principal? The vice principal, yes. Oh, that wasn't uh, it? Oh. <laughs> well, that's actually really good for this particular book that we're doing today. But no, I was referring to... The only Andalite controller in existence, Wizard mm. 3. What? Right. Who morphed into a giant bog beast and ate the Andalite. Yeah, that's right. Wait, we, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, that was a thing from last time. Yeah. Oh my god. It was the whole thing. Although I feel like that, like, I feel like that's the only time I remember that one being mentioned was just, like, in that one moment. Was no, he there in the rest the of the book? Again. Oh. Wait, right. And also, the Yerks have By a gross, you? like, pool. Did you tell us about it? Yeah, because remember, Visor 3 was like, aha, I knew that some Andalites had escaped and were going to torment us because he thought they were Andalites and mm-hmm. not humans. Right. Is there a magical spell on Animorphs that makes it so I can't remember things about Animorphs? Probably. Yes. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> Almost I, certainly. Not only was I there when we recorded the podcast, I listened to the podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> I remember nothing about that. <laughs> you listened to the podcast and took detailed notes specifically because you knew I was going to ask you what happened in the last book. Yeah, I was going to do real good. I was like, I am on it. I listened to the whole thing. I also um, just want to point out really quickly, even though I didn't remember everything, that I, I personally feel proud of myself for the amount that I did remember, because as anyone who's ever watched an episode of Robin Gets Bossed where I'm the boss knows, as soon as Robin starts talking, my brain immediately shuts down. That's true. <laughs> same, same, buddy. <laughs> um, okay, so that was good. Some important points that I didn't really focus on last time that are not super important in this book, but are probably going to be important later. Uh, the Andalite that gave him the power, his name was Elfangor. Elfangor Serenial Shamtool, if you want to be real formal about you it. You made but. that up. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, the defeated way you just said okay. <laughs> oh, you okay. okay. I guess I did. <laughs> I guess this was all a fever dream. Um, it's not a book series at all. There's no way that name is in writing somewhere. I hate that you said it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that's his name. But you could just... Elfangor. But also, he's a prince. Of course he is. Visor 3 said that, but I didn't really dwell on it. Also, I need to make a correction from last time, because I don't know why, but I said Tobias did things that Jake actually did. Like... <laughs> I said Tobias went and got the blue box from the ship, but Jake did that, and he described the inside of the ship a little bit, because he was the narrator. And also, I said Tobias got real mad at the aliens and blew their cover, but Jake did that also. I guess I kind of feel like Jake is kind of useless, and so I just ascribe his actions to characters I like a little better. (laughs) I love it. Good point, Jessica. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
said she likes me better on your podcast. I didn't mean that at all. I just thought it was a really funny joke. <laughs> it, it was a really funny joke. It was that is really correct. good. And excuse but also me a minute. And I recognize that. <laughs> excuse me. I just need to go grab some aloe for this sick burn that just happened. <laughs> okay. So... I think that's all that I wanted to get into at the beginning of the episode. We're already almost nine minutes in to our recording. <laughs> so this is probably going to be another lengthy one. All right. So this is, this is the second book. It's called, and then pretend that I remembered what it was called before, <laughs> The Visitor. Mm. It's called The Visitor. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's, what's the animal transformation going on on the cover of The Visitor? I believe the animal transformation on the cover is a girl turning into a cat. The okay. girl would be Rachel, but I actually don't. Let me pull up some images real quick. Yeah, girl into cat. <laughs> nice. What kind uh, of cat? Can you describe the cat? What color is it? Well, on the original cover, it's sort of a gray, fluffy cat. I already regret asking. <laughs> I see a gray, okay. fluffy cat. <laughs> on, the, on the re-release, ah. which is... Yeah, I'm so, I assume you're looking at the re-release. Wait, what is this? It has just sort of like no. a girl halfway between, halfway between gr- girl and cat, so it's like a cat girl face. Okay, I'm um, going to Google this real quick. My God, and wait, the cat, okay, I'll just put it in the It's a black and white cat, black and white cat that looks more like the description in the book. <laughs> Why would they make this, this on a children's book cover? We're going to put a link to this picture in the description of the podcast. Oh, that's, uh, (laughs) huh. (laughs) That sure is a picture. I want to say, I I did Google, I mean, I did look at the Wikipedia article for Animorphs, and I just want to read one of the sentences. Horror, war, dehumanization, sanity, morality, innocence, leadership, freedom, and growing up are the core themes of the series. Wow. The first one was horror. And that's a core theme. It's a core theme. Mm. War and dehumanization. Anyway. So, remember how we were talking about how these books are dark? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't change. Okay, here we go. This is a pretty dark one. This one is narrated by Rachel. Does anyone remember who Rachel is in connection to the rest of the characters? She was the bad boy slash girl. Yes. Good. Jessica, anything to add? Uh... No. Jake's cousin. Yes, and Cassie's best friend. Woo! Well done. Gold star for Katie. (laughs) Jessica, try harder. Uh, (laughs) Okay, so this one's narrated by Rachel. It opens with all of them. Yes. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. (laughs) It opens with all of them in their bird of prey morphs. Obviously, Tobias is a hawk. A red-tailed hawk, because he can't ever not be one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rachel is a bald eagle, Jake is a peregrine falcon, and Marco and Cassie are both ospreys, because I guess K.A. Applegate ran out of bird types. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, Robin, uh, yeah. I have a serious question. Would you is say- it that, Is it how much detail I'm going to go into on this? Because this is just a be- an opener, I swear. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it's, it's a serious question about Tobias. Would you say that he's too hawk to handle? <laughs> <laughs> I will answer this question if you answer one of mine. Was that really a serious question? No. <laughs> yeah. You got me. I didn't think so. 
tongues. Okay. Focus. Focus. Okay, you're right. Uh, so they're all in their bird of prey morphs, just sort of like enjoying the thermals, trying to dive, like learning how to dive because Tobias is really good at it. He's been a hawk for about a week at this point. And then all of a sudden someone starts shooting at them and they realize it's a couple of like young kids out with a pickup truck and a gun. And so they fly away and then they fly back and Bald Eagle Rachel steals the gun from the ponytail kid and Marco steals the beer that he was carrying and drops it in a trash can and Rachel drops the gun over the ocean. Wow. Because that's, that's they're, uh, you know, mad that he was shooting at birds. <laughs> And their kids are like 15, so, you know. Okay. Anyway, it was a pretty good opening scene, I guess. I learned that a bald eagle can lift a shotgun, but not very well. (laughs) That's the animal fact that I learned this time, is that a bald eagle can lift a shotgun. That's Mm. the fun animal fact segment for this episode. (laughs) Yes, that's the segment's fun animal fact. Cool. Anyway, uh, so they all, you know, go demorph, go home, go back to school, whatever. Except for... Tobias, who's a hawk forever, cannot stress that enough because I I actually do have a serious question. Cannot stress that enough. Uh, (laughs) So like I know Tobias like lived with his like uncle or like went back and forth between his uncle and his aunt or whatever because his parents are dead or some something was going on with Tobias. Yes. Um, Has anyone like mentioned that? Like, is anyone like, hey, anyone see that Tobias kid lately? Or like, is everyone just like, nah, now Tobias is missing. Oh well. No, no one in the book really, I mean, aside from the Animorphs who know what happened to Tobias, no one really talks about, you know, what oh, happened to Tobias. Oh, wow. That's I mean, messed up. They probably just don't dwell on it. What? But like, he's like a missing child. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm pretty sure in the third book, which is narrated by Tobias, we're going to find out a lot more about his home life and like what happened when he disappeared forever. But for right now, we don't have any of that information. So it could be that nobody cares that Tobias is missing, or it could be that Rachel doesn't care that people care that Tobias is missing. Well, (laughs) Rachel kind of has a thing for Tobias. And vice versa. Yeah. That's a, that that comes up more. They have sort of a connection. So it's actually kind of cool to see their dynamic in this book. Anyway, Rachel goes to... Or they, they talk about how they need to get back into the Yerk pool, and Jake says that he tried the secret entrance and it, it doesn't work anymore, the one in the janitor's closet at school, because he just wanted to see if it would still open. And they know that there's other entrances all over the city, but they don't know where they are, so they decide that the way to find out is to follow Chapman, the assistant principal, who Katie very uh, astutely remembered was a controller. Nice. Yeah. I was waiting for... Some kind of reaction. Yeah. <laughs> was that was that a good enough one? Yes. Good well jo- done. Good job, me. <laughs> good job, Katie. Uh, and luckily for them, Melissa Chapman, aka Chapman's daughter, is Rachel's second best friend, or at least she was. Oh no! But she's sort of grown distant lately and stopped hanging out with Rachel so much. Oh. And Rachel, well, what? Has There's probably the- normal reasons for that. Yeah, sure. Rachel has had other things on her mind, obviously, but she decides to try to get close to Melissa again, even though she hates it because she feels like she's using her, but she wants to get close to her to see if she can find out more about the Yerk pool, more about, like, her dad, and just 
get gather more intel, basically. So she tries to talk to her, but Melissa she tries to talk to her at gymnastics practice. Rachel's Rachel is in gymnastics, and she's not very good at it. <laughs> and that becomes important later when she becomes a cat because she's like, wow, cats are such good gymnasts. That's another animal fact from this, episode, <laughs> from this book that you can learn. So she tries to talk to her gymnastics and says, hey, do you want to go shopping after school? I'm supposed to go, or after class, I'm supposed to go to the mall and buy some new sneakers and whatever. And Melissa's like, no, some other time I'm distracted and sad. You know, not in so many words, but hardly any words, really. <laughs> so. Rachel decides after class, after gym class, gymnastics class? What do you call gymnastics class that's shorter than gymnastics class? I think you just gotta say the whole word. Okay, well, (laughs) after the class, Rachel's supposed to go to the mall and then call her mom to pick her up when she's done, but she decides to just start walking home, and then a car pulls up and a guy gets out and hassles her and says, like, hey, I'll give you a ride home. Get in the car, you 13-year-old girl. Yikes. Yeah. So... She starts walking faster, and he, like, gets out of the car and starts going after her, and she turns halfway into an elephant and scares him off. So, good for her. What? Okay. (laughs) She starts morphing into an elephant, and then she turns around and, like, trumpets at him with, like, big tree trunk legs and a a two-foot trunk and big leathery ears and tusks, and he runs to his car and drives away, and then she demorphs again. But what if he had been a controller, and then she's just revealing that she yeah. can morph into animals to a controller? Yep. Oh. That's exactly what Marco and Jake say to her later when she reveals what happened oh to my them. God. But Marco's very upset about it because he's the most reluctant animorph because mm. of his dad, yeah. which we talked about last time because his, his mom drowned two years ago and they never found the body. And it really broke his dad. And he's afraid that if anything happens to him, his dad won't be able to hang on. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Yeah. Anyway, so a few seconds after Rachel morphs back, Melissa and Chapman drive up and they offer her a ride home. And she's like, oh, snap. Did they Did they see me? Did they know? Are they controllers? I know Chapman's a controller. Is Melissa also a controller? Did they see me turn from an elephant into a girl? And she's being very paranoid and trying to read them, but fortunately it seems like they did not see that, which is great, but it also drives home what an incredibly stupid thing it was to do, but also, like, good that she could do something? I don't know. I was very conflicted about that scene, because later on people were like, why would you put yourself in that position? And I was like, well, hang on. That's not... Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So, they figure out another way that they can get close to Chapman without having to go through Melissa, because obviously Melissa's not talking to Rachel. And she's realizing now that something is very wrong with Melissa, and she's feeling very guilty for not catching on sooner. Mm. But they remember that a couple years ago for her birthday, Melissa got a kitten. His mm. name, it's it's a Tomcat, black and white, and his name is Fluffer McKitty. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. His name is Fluffer McKitty. So they go and spy out the Chapman house and they see a cat, a kitty door. And Tobias flies around the neighborhood because he's like, maybe the cat's already out. And he's like, yeah, I found it. He's stalking a mouse a couple blocks away. And so they go and try to catch the cat, but it runs up a tree. And Rachel's like, well, how am I going to acquire it now? And then she realizes that she has to lure the cat out of the tree. So she makes Tobias go catch her a rodent. And he catches her a shrew 
and she tr- she morphs that and has to deal with the fact that the shrew is terrified of literally everything. Mm. <laughs> so she runs away for a while, and then eventually Tobias catches her <laughs> and brings her back yeah. to the tree. Oh my goodness. Does that make her less afraid? Or <laughs> <laughs> She's terrified of Tobias. So he catches her and brings her back to the tree, and she she is herself again in her mind. And then the cat drops down onto her, but the others catch the cat, and she gets up. She turns human, and then she acquires the cat. More stuff happens. A couple days later, they go in, and she morphs the cat and goes into the house and sees that Chapman and Mrs. Chapman are acting very strangely. Chap- like, Chapman is just sitting on the couch not watching TV or reading a book or doing anything. He's just sort of, like, chilling. <laughs> Creepy. And Mrs. Mrs. Chapman is chopping vegetables in the kitchen, but not, I don't know, humming to herself or listening to music or doing anything like that. So she they, they seem weirdly robotic in a way. And they look down and there's no vegetables there. And she's not actually <laughs> holding a knife. She's just <laughs> moving her hand up and down in front of a cutting board. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) They're acting very suspicious. (laughs) Then Chapman gets up and goes down to the basement, and Rachel follows him, and he opens a door, and behind it is a secret metal door, and he opens that door and goes into the room, and she follows follows him even though she's like, I'll be trapped in there, but he'll just think I'm a cat if he catches me, so it's probably fine. And then Chapman calls Visor 3. Do you remember Visor 3 from the beginning of the podcast when I said Yeah, that's the Andalite controller. Yeah. So he calls him on this hologram phone. So it's like Wizard 3 is in the room with them. And Wizard 3 is like, report. And Chapman's like, oh, I got some new hosts. And Wizard 3 is like, shut up, you idiot. I want to know about the Andalite bandits. How did they acquire these dangerous earth animals? I'm told that they're rare in this part of the, like, in this part of the world. And, you know, I need you to find stuff out because the Council of 13 is angry at me. And when they're angry at me, I'm angry at you, Chapman. And Chapman's like, or... Innis 226, I think is the Yerk's name. I don't need to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) It's Visor 3 and Chapman, so it's fine. Uh, And then Visor 3 morphs into this weird thing with like a tube for a face. And he hologram puts it over Chapman's entire head. And he's like, if you fail me, I'll turn into this thing again and suck the Yerk, suck you right out of Chapman's head and destroy you. And then he nice. shows that he did that to another controller. Yeah, sorry, I tried to get through that real fast for you, Jessica. But uh, it's a thing called a Vanarx that is also called the Yerkbane. Because it can, I guess, suck Yerks out of people's heads and eat them. Probably from their home world. I don't know. Mm. We'll find that out later, I guess. Anyway, so then uh, Visor 3 sees the cat and he's like, what is that? And Chapman turns around and sees Rachel, and he's like, oh, it's it's a cat. Humans use them for comfort. It's a, it's a pet. And Visor 3's like, it's probably an Andalite. Kill it. <laughs> and Chapman's like... <laughs> and Rachel realizes that if she reacts to that in any way, then she's definitely dead, because it means that she can understand what they're saying. Yep. So she just uh, stays perfectly still. And then Visor 3 strikes at her with his tail, and she flattens her ears back and swipes at it, even though... He's a hologram, so they can't, you know, touch each other. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I love this little creature. Look how look how fierce it is, despite how much bigger I am than it. It's great. What a great creature for an Andalite to morph, so kill it. And Chapman's like, I think if I kill it, my daughter will be upset, and it would probably draw suspicion. I'm kind of a respected figure in this community, and if 
people found out that I just murdered a cat, it would probably not go great for me. And Wizard 3 is like, okay, fine, whatever. Just don't kill it then, I guess. But bring me the girl. And Chapman's like, oh, but we had a deal with Chapman for this girl, about, about this girl. And he's like, I don't care about deals. Deals are how we get willing willing hosts. They're not for, they're not meant to be honored afterwards. And Chapman's like, still, I think it would probably be a problem. And he's like, ah, whatever, just find the Andalite bandits. I'm so sick of you, Chapman. <laughs> they have sort of a love-hate relationship. Well, hate-hate. Anyway, so then Wizard 3 goes away, Chapman goes upstairs and, and uh, talks to his wife, or the yurt that's controlling Chapman's wife, you get it, and she's like, what did Wizard 3 want? And he's like, oh, he just wants the Andalite bandits, and he morphed into a Vanarx, the yurk bane, and she's like, oh, gross, and he's like, yeah, man, I really hope the Council of 13 does find out how crappily he's handling this whole thing with the Andalite bandits, but unfortunately, if bad stuff happens to him, bad stuff happens to us. Uh, so I kind of like that it's a little bit of, like, office drama. (laughs) 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 Like, oh man, my boss is really riding my ass right now. I just, man. Anyway, uh, then Melissa comes downstairs and she's like, hey, can one of you help me with this math problem? And they're like, no, do it yourself. We love you, but, you know, just, we're busy. And she's like, oh, okay. And then Rachel realizes that the reason that Melissa's sad is because her parents don't love her anymore. And she realizes it. And that's why Melissa's been so diff- difficult. Oh, wait, Melissa's not a controller? She's not a controller. Uh, she, so Rachel, like, follows her upstairs, even though she only has, like, ten minutes left in Cat Morph. And she goes and, like, purrs. And Melissa, like, pets her. And she's like, why don't they love me anymore, Fluffer McKitty? What did I do? What's, you know, oh, what's wrong with me that they don't love me anymore? And it's like, holy shit. Anyway, so then Rachel gets out and morphs back and tells people what she learned. Uh, they she they were trying to figure out where the Candrona was, because when the Yurks go to the Yurk pool, they soak up Candrona rays, and that's how they survive. And so they figure if they destroy the Candrona, the thing that generates Candrona rays, then they can destroy the Yurks. Oh, that's pretty smart. Yeah. So one of the things that Wizard 3 told Chapman was to increase the guard around the Candrona. Mm. And they're like, okay, that's, that's good information. I guess this was a successful recon mission. And she's like, yeah, but I, th- I think I can go back and find out more. And they're like, well, it might be dangerous. Like, what if he catches you? And what she doesn't do is tell them that he already caught her once. So uh, she lies and says, like, no, everything went totally fine. And I think I can go back in there and learn more. Now I forget why she wanted to learn more. Hang on. Let me just check my notes and highlights. <laughs> Let's see. She looks like an elf in a Tolkien book. <laughs> Uh, when she was a shrew, she wanted to eat some maggots that she smelled, and it was very horrifying. She had a horrible nightmare the next day. A cat's vision at night is about eight times stronger than a human's. That was the actual animal fact that I learned. What a okay. good fact. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. And then, and then Marco said, eight? Not seven or nine? How do they measure that? <laughs> <laughs> Destroying the Candrona. Nope, no clue why she wanted to go back. Probably okay. for more information about, uh, or maybe just to help Melissa again. Probably not important. It was just a plot point to move the thing forward. The Fluffer McKitty MacGuffin is what I will call it. <laughs> so she That's doesn't tell them. That's cat's name. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So she doesn't tell them that Visitor 3 caught her, but they can tell that there's something that she's not telling them. And so when she goes back, uh, Jake's not there. And she's like, she's like, where's Jake? And Marco's like, I don't know. His dad grounded him. What, what do I know from parents? Am I right? And she's like, oh, this is ominous, but whatever. 
And so she morphs into Fluffer McKitty and goes into the house, and it's the same, approximately the same time of night that she was there last time. And Chapman goes down to talk to Visitor 3 again, and she sneaks down after him, and she's just, like, trying really hard not to get caught. And then she hears Jake's voice, thought-speaking, so, how's it going? What's what's going on now? <laughs> <laughs> she freaks out and almost runs into Chapman. She's like, Jake, what... How are you thought speaking to me? Where In like 10 words or less, where are you? And he's like, well, in 10 words or less, I'm a flea and I'm on your back. So wow. <laughs> See, that's what I was going to say. I was like, can't they be something smaller than a cat? Like, why can't she just be like a little mouse that hides in the walls or something? The problem with being a mouse, I think, or a shrew, because they thought the shrew was a baby mouse, but it was a full grown shrew, is that they, it would be really hard to deal with the fear reactions of the shrew. Oh, yeah. Yeah, how is he having, like, full-on meaningful thoughts as a little flea? He says the flea's mind isn't that hard to control, actually, because it's so simple that all it knows is, like, go to warmth, drink tasty blood, don't get get got, I guess. Okay. So she hides in there and uh, uh, she's like, okay, well, Jake... Chapman is talking to Visitor 3 right now again, and I really don't want to get caught. And he's like, why? If you get caught, you can just act like a regular cat, so just don't act suspicious. She's like, well, um, last time they caught me, and Visitor 3 said I was probably an Andalite and they should kill me. And he's like, why the hell would you come back, Rachel? (laughs) (laughs) Why would you do that when that was what happened last time? (laughs) And she's like, look, I don't want to get into it right now. I'm just trying to listen to this conversation. But she gets distracted, Chapman kicks her, because she's, like, under a desk, and he accidentally kicks her, and then she cat noises at him, and he's like, oh, jeez. And Visitor 3 is like, yeah, okay, for sure that cat's an Andalite, bring it to me, let me interrogate it, I can definitely get its secrets out of it. And while you're at it, also bring the girl, because clearly the Andalites found you because of the girl, they got to you through her cat. And whatever, so bring bring her with you, and we'll. I've got just the yerk picked out for her to make her into a controller. Oh shit! And Chapman's like, but we had a deal, and Wizard Three's like, screw your deals. Obviously, she's a liability. Bring me that cat, and you know whatever. So wait, they Chapman, had a deal for the daughter. Yep. Wait, did I we miss find that? out at the end? Oh, okay. Sorry. It's it's a big dramatic moment. Oh my bad. Wow. I, probably, I probably could have built up to it better. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I ruined the dramatic moment. <laughs> Classic Katie, am I right? <laughs> uh, so he pulls out, Chap- Chapman pulls out a dragon beam, which is like a laser beam, and points it at Rachel, and he's like, look, I know you're an Andalite, don't try to run. And then he calls to Mrs. Chapman, he's like, bring down the cat carrier, this cat's an Andalite bandit. And he puts her, he puts her in it, and he's like, and he starts bringing it upstairs. He's like, and now we have to get the girl. And then he starts spasming uncontrollably, and Mrs. Chapman also starts spasming, and like her left hand starts slapping her face and trying to choke her. And she's like, and they're both like, oh my god, the hosts are rebelling. <gasps> and uh, eventually, they regain control of their hosts, and and he's like, it's so, it's so much harder when the host isn't voluntary but i can i can control it and his wife's like yeah but all, all he has to do is do that when you're at like a, a parent teacher conference or a pta meeting or something or you know running a meeting of the sharing and people will think that you've gone crazy and you'll, you'll lose your position and you'll be worthless to him and you know all this stuff and he's like you're right maybe he'll understand that if i don't bring the girl 
I can try to talk to him again about how important it is that the host remains compliant or whatever. Oh, wow. And so he brings the cat out, but Melissa sees him bringing the cat, and she's like, Daddy, where are you taking Fluffer? And he's he, like, ignores her and tries to walk away fast. She's like, Daddy, what are you doing? Why would you Why would you talk to me? What? Wh- where are you taking the cat? I, I want to know what's going on. And then, so Rachel thought speaks to Tobias, and she's like, Tobias, we need the real Fluffer McKitty here now. So Tobias, like, swoops at him and drives him from wherever he was hunting mice back to the house, and he runs into the cat door, and... Chapman's like, see, Melissa, this wasn't the real Fluffer McKitty. He's another cat that looks like him, and I'm taking him to the shelter so that his owners can pick him up. And she's like, but why didn't you just tell me that? And he's like, I didn't notice you. And she's like, but I was crying. And he's like, oh sorry, God. gotta go. So, poor Melissa, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he takes him to the construction site, and the York ships land there. There's two bug fighters, which are sort of their smaller ships, and then Visitor 3's personal blade ship that looks like a battle axe. And Visitor 3 comes down with some Horkbajor guards and he's like, aha, the Andalite, and where's where's the girl? Because I have I promised this Yurk we can just do it right aboard the ship. I got it all all set up and you're ready. And he's like, I don't think it's a great idea because of my host, and Visitor 3 threatens him with his scary tail blade and he's like are you, are you sure that you want to mess with me right now? And he's like, please, my host wants to address you himself. And he's like, I don't have time to talk to your host, man. And you think you think my Andalite host doesn't rebel? I'm. Are you saying that your human host is more powerful than my Andalite host? Is that what you're trying to tell me, Chapman? He's like, no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, it could be awkward if we break this promise and my host wants to address you himself. And he's like, fine, you know what, let him do it. And so... Then Chapman talks to Visitor 3, and he says, Hey, we, he, my, my wife became a voluntary controller, and I never wanted to join you, but she offered to give you my daughter. And then I knew that I had to make this deal so that if I, um, if I joined you, you promised that you would never like touch my daughter, that you would never put a yerk into her or make her, make her a slave. And he's and if you um, if you do this, I'm gonna make every day a living hell for this yerk and for you and for everyone. I'm gonna wreck all your shit <laughs> and just generally. I'm paraphrasing. I probably have it underlined somewhere, but <laughs> no, I, I really like your paraphrase. I feel like I'm getting. Yeah, it. I hope Thank they you. say I'm gonna wreck all your shit. He says I'm gonna wreck all your shit. Get it, Chapman? No yurks are going to be, because I love my daughter more than anything, and I would do anything to protect her. And they're like, aww, he loves her so much. Even Mrs. <laughs> Chapman, who became a, a voluntary controller, like... Who's clearly messed up. Yeah. What's up with that? He says something like, she... I don't know. I don't want to look for it right now. <laughs> he, says, he says something like, I understand and I forgive her for becoming a voluntary controller, but... Yeah, whatever. You're not going to get my daughter, you bastard. I'll wreck your shit, basically. Nice. And Visitor 3's like, ugh, fine. You know what? We won't do your daughter or whatever for now. I, and, you know, go away now and leave me this Andalite bandit so I can chat with it, interrogate it, whatever. Uh, I forgot, also, at some point, Rachel was talking to Jake, and she was like, Jake, you have to, you, you had to have more before me. Your time is running out faster than mine, and... He, you know, he's about to take me up into space. 
I am resigned to the fact that I may have to be, be a cat for the rest of my life because the rest of my life is probably going to be short, but you can still escape and let the others know what happened. And Jake's like, okay, fine. He's, he's like, I'm not going to leave you. And she's like, you better leave me. And yeah, she seriously. convinced him to leave. And he's like, okay, fine. I'm jumping off now. And she's like, Jake, 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 I changed my mind. I do want you here with me. I can't, I can't handle this alone. And he didn't respond. She's like, okay, good. If he didn't respond to that, then he's definitely not here anymore. Because emotional manipulation is another core theme of this series. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But then they're on the ship, and then Jake's like, hey, I'm still here. I knew, I know, Uh... I know all your tricks. I'm your cousin. Hmm. He's like, plus, they're... The, the others knew to follow us to wherever we went if, if, they, if we got caught. So they're going to wreck some shit right now. And then they start, um, Marco and Cassie start up all the earth movers in the construction site and start them like rolling at the blade ship and, and the ships. So then the, the controllers have to waste their time shooting at it. Uh, Jake quickly finds a corner of the ship and demorphs and then remorphs into a tiger without being caught. And nice. Rachel partially demorphs until she has fingers and then unlocks the cage and goes out and then morphs back into the cat so she can run away. Visor 3 morphs into some sort of giant, like, three-story tall thing made of granite with tree trunk-sized legs and starts smashing shit up to get to her. He's like, you're not going to escape me that easily. And then Tobias comes down and picks her up with his claws and drops her in the woods. And she got away from him that easily. Nice. <laughs> 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 and they all escaped, and Rachel was able to demorph without being trapped forever as a cat. And then the next day in gymnastics class, she watches Melissa open her locker and read the note that she left there, which says, uh, Melissa, your dad loves you more than he could ever show. Sign someone who knows, or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. And that's the end of this one. So what'd you think? Okay. How, how was my retelling? Was it better this time, or was it still terrible? <laughs> It was good. I was, I'm enthralled. You were riveted. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on, I had some notes that were important. Uh, Number one, when they're demorphing, Rachel pictures herself so that she can morph back into herself. And she says, I focus especially on the hair because I didn't like my last haircut. It was uneven at the bottom. Not that it mattered. I just wished I could do something about the hair when I morphed. Unfortunately, morphing doesn't work that way. But, like, if it's DNA... Is a haircut? Yeah, it work that way? Is it? Yeah. Would you always grow your? I mean, I guess if you always grew maximum hair length every time you morphed back, but that couldn't be a thing either, would it? No. I don't know. That also. That's interesting. Another another thing on this uh, podcast should be things that bothered me when I was a kid that I still don't get. <laughs> Last week it was okay. Jake doing thought speech as a human, and then this week mm-hmm. it's not being able to focus on your hair. Yeah. Uh, after she morphs the shrew, when she demorphs, she's, like, really shaken because she wanted to, uh, eat, like, eat, eat dead flesh and maggots, and she was terrified, and she wasn't in control of herself, and it's, you know, very upsetting, I would imagine. Yeah. And Jake was really upset about it, and he's like, I should have morphed the lizard, because I remembered when that freaked me out so much, but I should have morphed the lizard to lure the cat down from the tree, and she was like, no, you would have been freaked out. And he's like, yeah, but now you're the one who's freaked out. But at least you didn't eat a live spider, because when Jake morphed a lizard, he ate a live spider. So what was the point of getting Fluffer, of having Tobias bring Fluffer? Um, or whatever? So that Melissa wouldn't keep following her dad, asking why he was taking her cat away. Oh. Yeah. 
Okay, so she was just trying to help Melissa. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the reason that she went back in was also to help Melissa, because she had heard something about the deal that they'd struck, and she was trying to make sure that Melissa was safe. Well, that's that's nice, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, Jake says, um, Jake feels really guilty about how freaked out Rachel got about morphing the shrew, and he says, I shouldn't have let you do the mouse, shrew, whatever. And she says, look, it was my idea, right? Besides, since when do you let me do things? What are you, Mm. my master? I don't think so. Come on. Snap, snap. I love it. Yeah, I like Rachel a lot. I used to, she she used to, um, I I wouldn't say I used to identify with her. I guess I identified with her more than anyone else, but mainly because she was tall for her age. (laughs) (laughs) But she was always much braver and more outspoken than I was. I was some sort of combination of Rachel and Tobias. Which animorph are you? Um... That, that'll be the question that I post when I post this one. Which animal for you? I'm a cat dragon. Mm. <laughs> is, that the, is that the kind of answer you're looking for? <laughs> I was looking for more like a Donatello or a Raphael. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah. right. Or a Carrie. Uh, Samantha. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sailor Jupiter. I do love Sailor Jupiter. She's my favorite. I always feel like I'm some combination of the, like, fiery feisty one and the uh like fun the funny one yeah that i'm i'm usually the nerdy one and the funny one yeah i think is usually my combo i that that feels right for me is there one that likes food a lot i'm like that one (laughs) Mm, tobias eats rats does that count gross uh yeah no i don't think so (laughs) (laughs) okay so the main takeaways from this book are number one Melissa's parents don't love her anymore because they're both controllers. Okay. That's probably not one of the main takeaways. <laughs> That's one of the themes of this book. <laughs> Melissa, your parents don't love you. Your parents don't love you anymore, and we all know it. We know why, and you're never allowed to know why. <laughs> okay, good podcast. Good podcast. Be sure to, be sure to check us out on Pitch 2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Rachel morphed into a cat, also a shrew. Uh, there's guards around the Candrona, but they're trying to take out the Candrona. That's probably the part that's going to come up more in later books. I don't really remember these early books that well. Who am I kidding? I don't remember any of the books that well. Except when we get to the David arc. Who's but, David? Oh, don't worry about it. You'll get there. Oh, was that the alien? The no. Andalite? Oh. No, you're thinking of Axamili Eskaroth Isthil? I <laughs> hate. Oh my god. I'm so mad. I feel like something just fucking snapped in my brain when he said that. Are you fucking kidding me with that name? Listen, from what I can tell, oh all my god, oh my, no, I'm gonna need a really good answer here because I'm so unreasonably mad. <laughs> that was that was his dad's name. <laughs> What Please tell me that name was at least, like, in this book, and that you didn't just, like, have that <laughs> memorized from childhood. Um. Oh, my God. Well. Oh, my God. I'm so upset. <laughs> oh. I could oh tell God. you that. Just, oh, Jesus. <laughs> but it's not like I could still spell that name or anything. Okay, but just move on, because I'm not going to get over this anytime soon. A-X-I-F. Stop. Okay. Just, like, let it go for now, and by this time tomorrow, I will have forgotten, and we can be friends again. 
Escheroth <laughs> has two R's in it. Okay, so anyway. Uh... <laughs> what if, what did you two learn from my brilliant retelling of this book? That I, I learned that I've got a really short meals? temper. <laughs> oh my god, classic Rachel. <laughs> You're such a Rachel, Jessica. <sighs> there was some good romantic tension between Rachel and Tobias that I didn't really focus on. Wait, but how? Because he was a hawk and she was a shrew. It could never work. (laughs) May I direct you to a little uh, play called The Taming of the Shrew? Ah, That's about ah. a guy fucking a shrew, right? I mean, Er, basically. Well, if it's not about a hawk fucking a shrew, irrelevant. (laughs) It's still interspecies. I mean, I guess. (laughs) And really, they're both human underneath it all. But no, Tobias gets very, uh, like, sweet with Rachel, and sometimes he thought speaks that only she can hear him, and he's like, hey, I know you're not okay from what happened in there, you can talk to me, or whatever, and I'm like, oh, That's that's cute. Yeah. He's like, I can tell that you're lying. But then when she didn't Mm -hmm. talk to him, then he told everyone else, he's like, I can tell that she's lying, and then they've made Jake morph into a flea. Hmm. So, yeah. Hmm. Love story for the ages. Hmm. (laughs) Alright, so it's been... uh, 48 minutes. <laughs> what else do we talk about on this podcast? Uh, I think that was it. You got your, your good good animal facts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we made some some funny jokes and, and goofs. Mm-hmm. And made Jessica got really, real mad. Yeah. <laughs> made Jessica real, That's another recurring segment. <laughs> like, I feel like if Jessica doesn't get really mad, I feel like I haven't done my job. Each <laughs> that actually explains a lot about the interactions that we have. Yeah. <laughs> be sure to check us out. Uh, be sure to check out Robin Gets Bossed, where I continue <laughs> to make Jessica very mad. <laughs> I honestly don't know why I got so mad at that name, which, by the way, I've already forgotten, so don't say it to me again. But just, like, as soon as you said those words, I honestly feel like something in my head just fucking snapped. Would it make you feel better if I said the other Andalite's name... Elfangor Serenial Shamtul. Oh my god, Robin. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be done. Just go ahead and finish off this podcast without me. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for listening to episode two of Anamorphous Discussion. Uh I don't think I usually say my name here, so I won't. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you like <laughs> The irony is she forgot her own name. Forgot my own name. I used up all of my brain space for for Andalite names. That's Robin with three R's. <laughs> three R's, no B. Figure it out. <laughs> One of the R's is upside down on top of the other R, so it looks like a B. <laughs> If you like what we do, check us out on bitchteamalpha.com. We have lots of podcasts and written content. Uh, we alluded to the Twitch stream that we do every Wednesday and Sunday, which is called Robin Gets Bossed, where one of these two uh, teaches me how to play video games, an area in which I have zero expertise, unlike Animorphs, where I have some expertise. (laughs) Uh, And you should support us on Patreon if you like what we do. Even a dollar a month can help us keep the lights on and whatnot. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything to add? I should really write these down before I start saying the ending bits. (laughs) 
No, I think that's it. Okay. Uh, yeah. Wait, I remembered my number one takeaway from this book, which is that office drama happens no matter what organization you're a part of. <laughs> <laughs> mm, nobody okay. likes to work late. <laughs> Whether you're working at a sandwich shop or trying to take over the galaxy, there's always someone who's uh, giving you crap. (laughs) (laughs) That's been our show. Thank you all for listening. I'm Robin. Do we do this? I don't remember. I've listened to (laughs) too many other podcasts. I'm not Robin. Oh my god. Bitch team out. Bitch team out. (laughs) Bitch team out. (laughs) 